Mari Goodfellow is, is here to share about her journey. And uh, can I pray for you before you start? You'd like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, Mari is a precious sister of ours and a precious daughter of yours. And we thank you for her identity in you and the fullness of your life in her life. And now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would empower her, give her words, give her courage to speak your truth about her journey in you. May we see you because of what you've done in her life. So we turn her loose by the power of your spirit to share your word with us. In your name we pray. Can you hear me? Good news, good news. I bring to you good news today. I am living proof that there is no pit so deep, no sin so great, that the loving hand of our Father is not yet deeper still. I'm very nervous, so I feel like running, but my CR ladies have promised me that if I run, they will tackle me. Just pray with me one moment. Oh God, I give glory to you today. I give glory to the Father, glory to Jesus, your Son, glory to the Holy Spirit, glory to Yeshua Mashiach. I love you, Jesus, and may you be glorified and praised with my testimony today. We love you in your name. Amen. My name is Mari Goodfellow, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I struggle with perfectionism, fear, anxiety, and more, which you're about to learn about. Hi. I feel like I'm echoing. Does this everything sound okay? Okay. God has told me it is time to come out of hiding. I had a new life, a new job, a new home, a new church where nobody knew me. Nobody knew my name. Nobody knew my past. Nobody knew my story. It was perfect. I could start a new life, and it would be perfect. Well, I was wrong. God recently said to me, I did not bring you through this to keep it a secret. You're going to come out of hiding and share with the world so that everybody knows that I died for their sins and I'm a restorer of joy, hope, peace, and love. The thing is, when God rewrites our story, he does not want us to keep it to ourselves. I was planning on never telling anyone, but he desires to have his glory known to show that he can take anyone and remake them if they're completely surrendered to him. Thank you, Jesus. When I was a child, my father was a sold-out Christian for Jesus, and my mother was a partying alcoholic. 
When I was seven years old, I noticed that my mom had drastically changed and stopped drinking. One evening, as she was tucking me into bed, I asked her why she was so different. She told me she had asked Jesus into her heart, and he changed her. I said to her, I want what you have. That night, I knelt beside my bed and gave my heart to Jesus. My whole world changed forever. I grew up wanting to be like Jesus. I was the rare child and teenager that read my Bible and prayed daily. In high school, my best friend and I led a Bible study. I was known as Miss Goody Two-Shoes, and most people did not want to be around me because I did not go to parties, drink alcohol, and do the things that most teenagers do. Plus, my dad kept a really tight rein on me, so I knew very little about the world by the time I graduated from high school and was extremely sheltered. When I was 15 years old, I remember watching the news with my parents and seeing the battle going on in Saudi Arabia desert storm. It was dark. There were green lights that lit up the soldiers in the sky through night vision, smoke, gunfire, and orange flares bursting in the air, and it terrified me. I said, thank you, Lord, for making me a girl. I will never join the military. <laughs> As I was about to graduate from high school, we had a knock on the door, and it was a female Army recruiter. To this day, I don't know why I let her in the door. I had been praying for some time, asking God what he would like me to do after I graduated from high school. Well, it was not what I was expecting or wanted to hear. That night, I prayed again and felt led to join the Army Reserves. This sheltered, shy little girl was in for a rude awakening. I was out of my family and church shelter and discovered that the world was a lot crazier than I knew. I was very shy and just tried to blend in and not get noticed, but that never worked. God used the military to pull me out of my shell and forced me into another thing I refused to do, leadership. I became the detachment sergeant of the unit after being in for nine years. At the age of 21, I got married. I had been so sheltered that I had no experience in relationships. I did not know what a good relationship looked like because my parents did not have a good marriage, and theirs ended in divorce when I was 23. People told me this was the man I was supposed to marry, and even though something felt off, a warning, a check in my spirit, I went through with it anyways. After a few years, we tried to have a baby and could not. For the next 13 years, we tried every procedure you could think of, and nothing worked. I was completely heartbroken. I would often cry myself to sleep. I saw a pregnant lady, when I would see a pregnant lady walking toward me, I would have to turn and walk around the other way. If KTIS mentioned kids and family, I would have to change the station. When my friends became pregnant, I had to pretend to be happy and hide my anguish. I prayed and asked God for a miracle, but I stopped believing he would answer my prayer. My heart still loved Jesus and desired to pray and serve him, but my husband's greatest desire was for work and expressing anger towards the world. I felt very alone and isolated. I didn't have any godly friends I could talk to, and I just shoved down the pain inside. I did not deal with it. I, I really didn't know how. The way I grew up, you didn't talk about your problems. If you did, people would just gossip and use it against you. I was often criticized by my husband and almost never encouraged. My parents' divorce sent them off in their own, 
deep, deep end, and they did not have much to do with me due to their own shame and guilt. I was very much alone. After being in the Army for nine years, I was forced into the leadership role of detachment sergeant. I took orders from the commander and enforced it with all the troops. I was in charge of mostly men. I soon discovered men oftentimes do not like taking orders from women, so I had to develop a backbone rather quickly. Soon after my promotion, a FedEx truck showed up at my house with orders deploying me to Iraq during the heat of the battle, a few years after 9-11. I was terrified and began having panic attacks before I left. Our two months of training showed us many videos of troops being blown up, and it left me fear-stricken. One of our classes at Fort McCoy was about staying out of trouble. Many troops get into trouble when they are deployed overseas. I remember thinking to myself, it is so easy to stay out of trouble, just don't do it. In that very moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, oh really, Mari, you really think it's that easy? Okay, let's see how you do. All of a sudden, I felt this sensation like a shield of protection that had been around me my entire life lifting off of me. It was gone, and I thought, uh-oh. When I went into Iraq, I ended up in a very dangerous location. I lived in fear. The things I had witnessed on TV as a teenager was happening to me for real. I had many close calls that should have taken my life, but God spared me instead. Instead of drawing closer to God in my loneliness and fear, I started becoming more like the people around me and more like the world. Fear consumed me, and my faith seemed non-existent at times. I did not turn my back on God, but my faith was so weak and temptation was all around me. For my own comfort, I found myself giving in to the same temptations that everyone else was. I soon did not recognize myself, and I no longer stood out as a Christian. I failed miserably and discovered I had been judging those around me for years, which is a huge sin. My marriage barely survived the deployment. When I came home, I had PTSD and a huge load of sin. I felt lonelier than ever. I made it out alive, but my home life was not satisfying. I repented of my sins, but I did not know how to cope with a lonely, lifeless marriage and empty arms. A few years later, I was deployed again for a year in Kuwait, Bahrain, and Jordan. I was closer to God again and far less judgmental towards others, but my testing period was still not over. I remember looking up at the night sky in Kuwait, watching the commercial airplanes fly overhead, and wishing I was on one to take me home. I was so lonely, I felt physically ill at times. My best friend Andrea was there with me, but I was rarely able to see her. So I started getting to know other soldiers on the deployment. I met this man that was very interested in getting to know me. He complimented me with his words and was very interested in me as a person. I was not used to this. My family and my husband never encouraged me and they were not interested in, in me as a person. They always made me feel like I was never good enough. So here is this man that thinks I'm awesome. I started spending more and more time with him and discovered he was married as well and he had what was described as a loveless marriage. I felt so happy being around him. I felt the Holy Spirit warning me, but I was so happy that I did not want to listen. Before I knew it, I had fallen hard into an emotional relationship. I thought I could handle it and it would not go any further. 
This man pursued me aggressively, and before I knew it, I had fallen into sexual sin. I was in deep, and I knew it. I had committed the ultimate sin. The weight of my sin hung on my back like a heavy pack. Oddly enough, I had been witnessing to this man, and he gave his life to the Lord. Shortly after that, the man's tour of duty ended, and he went back home to his family. A few weeks later, I made a shocking discovery that rocked me to my core. My greatest desire had come true. I was pregnant. In answer to prayer, instead of being ecstatically happy, I was horrified. What now? Everyone will know what I did. I can't hide this. If the army finds out my career is over, my marriage will likely not survive. I have disobeyed my father in heaven and ruined my testimony, which is the worst part of all. A few weeks later, our tour ended and I went home. Time to face the music. I lived in fear of telling my husband. It took one month for me to get up the courage to tell him. As you can imagine, it did not go well. The pain I had caused brought such anguish to my heart. I repented to God and to my husband and family, but the damage was done. My husband eventually said he may be willing to work on things, but I did not know what to do. I loved the man from Kuwait, and he loved me. I was, also conf I was so confused. I did not feel loved by my husband, just contempt, unforgiveness, and judgment. He began telling the whole world what I had done and started seeing other women. He then told my army commander what I had done, but my commander kept it a secret so he would not lose his rank or position. Shortly thereafter, my husband's sister started blackmailing me. I lost my civilian job because they closed down. I ended up on partial bed rest because I started going into preacher and labor. My husband finally decided to end divorce, and my life was spinning out of control. My life appeared to be over. I repented and asked God to help me. I was in a pit, at the bottom of a pit, fallen hard, and I couldn't get back up. Satan used that as to his advantage and began to lie to me. He told me that my sin was so great I could never be used of God again. My testimony was ruined and unrecoverable. I was such a horrible, worthless person that I did not even deserve to breathe the same air as everyone else. I did not deserve to live. The insult and rejection I received confirmed the lies of the enemy. I was so alone and dejected. My pain was unbearable. I was out about to be divorced with no job, no home, and a new little baby. My failure was too great. One month before my due date, my husband started yelling vile words, dripping with judgment and anger at me. I had been holding on by a thread and it was the final straw that broke me completely. I ran out of the house and down into my backyard. It was the beginning of April, and we had just had a big snowstorm. I lived on a lake, and I trudged through the deep snow until I made it to the snow-covered shore of the lake. 
The sky was filled with dark blue clouds and the lake was covered in white snow. I stood on the shore and there was no sound anywhere. I could feel the cold wind blowing against my face. The ice had melted three feet away from the shore. I knew what I had come to do. My pain was so great, the lies of the enemy so overwhelming, the chains had bound me so strong that I actually forgot about my baby. I looked down into the icy cold water and it looked black as night. I thought to myself, that is gonna feel extremely cold and it will be very dark. I was standing there, willing myself to dive into the icy cold black water when I heard the most beautiful sound, my mom frantically calling my name. I forgot she was at my house. She was worried about me and came to spend the night. She was in another part of the house when I had left. She somehow spotted me and came running through the deep snow to rescue me. She knew. Somehow she just knew. She grabbed me and told me that she loved me. God used her to rescue us that day. He was not done with me. I thought my story was over, but little did I know it was just beginning. The beginning of something completely new and beautiful. I was shattered in a million pieces. I see all the broken pieces of me flying around through the air while the master creator is putting them back together in all the right places like a beautiful mosaic masterpiece. But the pieces are not where they used to be, creating something new and better. A heart fully surrendered to him is when he does his best work. A few weeks later, I gave birth to the most beautiful girl in the whole world, my beloved Maggie. She is my gift from God and the greatest joy of my life, my answered prayer, my miracle. I decided to do things God's way. Any sin in my life had to go. I went to a new church and was struggling with tremendous guilt and shame. A man came up to me and said, God wanted me to tell you that you are destined to reign. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but it gave me hope. I needed that hope, and I clung to it. After that moment, I started to look up, started focusing on God and relying on him to help me. I asked God to remake me and pull me up out of the pit, change me for his glory. I started putting my trust in God and knew that he would pull me through. I knew God was the only way. Soon after, God provided the new job, new home at the last minute, and new church, this beautiful church. Living with this shame and guilt will leave you broken. It will leave you destitute. It will make you hopeless. It wasn't until about three years later, after many, many hardships, going through the refiner's fire, God breaking me more and more. It wasn't until that where I finally lay destitute on my knees, completely broken before the Lord, that I finally said all that I am, all that I have, all my guilt and shame, God, take it all. I surrender it to you. It was in that moment that God took it from me. Gone. Gone forever. Never showed up again, not even once.
It is at that time when we surrender all that God comes in and does the real work. I am completely free of it. My chains are gone. The evil one is such a liar. Jesus defeated the liar and deceiver on the cross, and his days are numbered. All the glory goes to Jesus Christ. He never leaves us, never gives up on us. He is merciful, patient, kind, long-suffering, loving, and kind. Glory be to the blood of Jesus. He rescued me. If God can do it for little old me, he can do it for any of you. He is the God of miracles, the giant slayer, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. When we have thoughts of, I am not worthy, I am not good enough, I don't deserve anything good, are those thoughts from God? No. Who are they from? They are lies from the enemy because God does not say that to us. God does not say, I forgive you, but you don't deserve forgiveness or anything good in your life. God says, you are washed clean, and I remember your sin no more. I love you. When I first heard about Celebrate Recovery, I thought it was just for drug and alcohol addiction. I was completely wrong. It is for anybody and everybody, every hurt, every hang-up. We all face struggles in life, and I believe every single person could benefit from CR. The Holy Spirit worked on me in CR by opening my eyes and revealing things to me that I needed to work on and am still working on for further healing and restoration and to pull the crappy sin out of my life. It has taught me to open up and not hold things in. I have discovered that I am not alone. I have an update for you. God, this just goes to show you how great a God we serve. Maggie's dad, his wife, are still together, and she has since asked Jesus into her heart, and all three of their kids have asked Jesus into their heart, and they're a family living and serving God. Her dad is involved in Celebrate Recovery in his church in Virginia. Amen, right? And now they're starting to go on mission trips together. And my ex-spouse is like a second dad to Maggie. He adores her and loves her as if she is his own. Thank you for letting me share.